I'm Manny. And I'm Wyo. Welcome back to the Kink Buffet Podcast, Season 2, Episode 3. We're getting up there. We said 50 episodes was critical mass. And we're just about halfway towards where we've decided is the point where we now have something that is really truly happening. We've got enough skin game almost to be almost. taken seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Not too seriously. We, if anyone's wondering, we don't know what we're talking about. We are not experts. Yeah, in case we haven't made that clear, the only thing we're 100% experts on is ourselves. And each other and our dynamic. Right. But we also like to talk. I think we're pretty interesting. Hopefully you do too. <laughs> I mean, everyone thinks they're interesting. Mm-hmm. And I know for sure that many people aren't. Mm-hmm. So, we think we are and... Uh, we appreciate the listeners who think we do. And actually, isn't it great that we live in a, a time in human history where if you think you're interesting, you can pay $19.95 and test your theory? <laughs> right, yeah. There are platforms for you. There are. So we are still out in Canyonlands. Canyonlands, uh, right next to where the guy cut his arm off to survive. Mm-hmm. And we actually are planning on going to that exact spot next week. And if we, we can find it, if we can find it, it's yeah. A bit obscure. No, I think we can. I think it's a tourist spot now, but it's not on the side of the road. You actually have to four wheel in. And then bike in, and then hike in. I mean, this is desolation out here. If you haven't been out here, if you're in the eastern 60% of the U.S., you have no idea how desolate it can get yeah. out here in the America's wide-open spaces are really amazing. So, yeah, you have to really earn this spot. Mm-hmm. But we're going for it. That's part of our adventure. It is. So this episode, we said that we were going to talk more about bedroom stuff, and this will include some bedroom stuff, but not a specific kink. We're not following a formula where season two is the Only kinks, kinks, the kink right. season, mm-hmm. but there'll be more of specific bedroom kinks this season. Mm-hmm. And this is one, but we're it, also going to talk about the whole thing. Yeah, we can't talk about this in isolation. Mm-hmm. It, do, it doesn't really work. Right. So this episode is going to be about power exchange, which a lot of season one is about the, the relationship dynamic. Right. And this is going to be a little bit more towards why. Right. Why do this? Now, if you are a dominant or submissive person, the answer should be obvious because then you get to be who you are. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty easy. But I think there's also elements that you can fit into a relationship if you are not a dominant or submissive person, but power exchange can be everything from fun bedroom play to a very useful tool in, in any dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you've expressed, power exchange exists in all relationships. Right. I believe even vanilla relationships have some form of power exchange however the thing that makes this unique is that we negotiate it it's on purpose right the intention is that the power exchange is set up in a way that the needs of the participants are met and we're first and foremost aware of that and don't think it's a bad thing 
Mm-hmm. Because anyone that wants to have power in a relationship could be viewed badly. Mm-hmm. Anybody who wants to give up power could be viewed as weak. Right. Neither of those are true, although both can be. Definitely. I mean, there's expressions of your shortcomings or whatever. But I think that people who tend to play in this space are more aware of themselves personally, emotionally. I think if they aren't already, their intention is that they want to be. And I think it draws a certain kind of person to the community. Yeah, and I think it. this is no different than... I mean, any couple that goes to a couples counselor at one point may be asked individually, what do you want or what do you need out of the relationship? Mm-hmm. Have you even thought of that? Right. Have you ever written this down or made a list or prioritized? And many people will say they have not. And that's not a bad starting place because... How can your partner give you what you want if you can't tell them? Or if Especially, you don't even know. Yeah. Right. So this is something that hopefully anybody can pull from. And we talk all the time about designer relationships. Not, mm-hmm. not a term that we made up, but a really good term. Mm-hmm. And what that means is with any relationship, there's you're, you're very unlikely to find a model, at least in my experience, where you find a model that works perfectly for you and your relationship. Right. Instead, what you can do is pick and choose the things that work. Mm-hmm. You know, you have you have other couples friends. If you like the way the two of them relate on when, a certain topic, on a certain topic mm-hmm. then steal that from them. Yeah. Apply that to your relationship. But you might not like at all how they interact in another way. Don't take that. Right. Pick and choose the things you want. So, we're not suggesting this is the right thing for everybody, but rather, if you listen to this or us, and you hear something in there and go, ooh, that makes sense, or mm-hmm. that could work, then steal it. Yeah. Apply it, and then, you know, email us and tell us about it. We'd lo- <laughs> we would love, love to hear. love to hear about it. For, for sure. sure. So, we're, well, let's start in the bedroom. Okay. Why power exchange in the bedroom? Yeah. So, well, the first place is... All couples do power exchange in the bedroom. They may not realize there's a name for it. <laughs> but when when my wife just gets on top of me and rides me and is just getting herself off with my body or or she's on top of me because she is going to wants me to lay back while she pleasures me, she's in control. She's topping. <laughs> at, at that moment, you've given up power and she's taken power. Mm-hmm. And the reverse is also true. The The wife who says, I love when my husband just grabs and just holds my face and stuffs my face in the pillow. Mm-hmm. He's in control. It doesn't have to be violent. It doesn't have to be... I mean, it could be nothing more than just a, a light finger over the lips saying, don't yeah. object or don't talk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to please you. I mean, oral sex is generally a type of power exchange. I mean... Ultimately, I mean, there's one person in control of pleasure and the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, it would unlikely to be labeled as such in the mm-hmm. community where you have things like zip ties and rope. But, but, <laughs> but it is, though. It, it ultimately is a form of... So well, it, and there are variations to that, too. The terms top and bottom came from 
leather community, the leather culture. So they're top and bottom in gay circumstances too. So it's not just male and female dominance. Oh, or, uh, yeah, we always forget to say that. Yeah, and definitely... This is, this is a gender neutral... Gender neutral... Dominance know, does not mean applies male. Applies to any sexual orientation or mix thereof. And we'll actually, let's let's be clear about this. We'll probably mm-hmm. have to be clear often. Mm-hmm. I am the dominant in our relationship yes. because I am Manny, who is a dom. Mm-hmm. And you are submissive because you are Wyo, who is a submissive. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with Manny being a man and Wyo being a woman. Right. It's irrelevant. It's these two individuals doing this podcast have that. Right. Because... The dominant in our relationship is male. It is not viewed to the outside world the same as, as it would be if it was the other way around. Right. Having a wife that wears the pants is, is a little bit more societal. It's a lot more societal, acceptable. right now. So, but it in but, the current form, but yeah, it, the pendulum will, will swing. Yeah, I'm sure it will. In the history of all of the world, things swing. Things so, swing. So for sure. But that, but that is our particular roles because of who we are. Mm-hmm. Now, in the bedroom, why would someone want to be in control? Why would someone want to be submissive? Well, let's start with you. Why do you choose to be in control? I think ultimately because that's what turns me on. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any control over that any more than someone who's turned on by feet or breasts or porn or massages is turned on by those things. Mm-hmm. I mean, the th- what turns you on turns you on. But you've spoken before about like designing right the ride. Well, the, but the... It's, it starts with that's what I enjoy. Right. What? But that's that's specifically my, the part that you enjoy. My yeah, but my pleasure is derived from the experience that I can give my partner. Mm-hmm. Not entirely. I like physical sensations, and I like orgasms, and I like sex, and I like, of course, I love, not, I don't like, <laughs> I mm-hmm. live for those things. Right. But, ultimately, what turns me on is your experience. Mm-hmm. Taking you on the roller coaster that I've created for you, or rather, putting you on the roller coaster and making you ride it. Mm-hmm. And that roller coaster has ups and downs, and I get to design where those come. I know where the turns are. You're going to, you like being restrained. Mm-hmm. You like pain. You like pleasure. You like being scared. You like feeling loved. Uh, you love the full range. Mm-hmm. And every one of those things is another part of the roller coaster. One of those things is right turns. One is left turns. One is steep drops. One is loops. One is going through water. One is a, a fast steel track. One is a rickety wooden track. They're all different things that I can put on this coaster. And so I do. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just put you on a wooden coaster the whole time. That's what I want to do to you that night. Mm-hmm. Other times I'm going to put you on a coaster that has lots of loops, but then you might not get another loopy roller coaster for two weeks. Right. That's what all these things are. It, it is the emotional experience that I can put you on, but that is what I enjoy. 
and a lot of this is ego. Hmm. I like the feeling. Well, like I told you when we met, after we have sex, I don't want you to say, oh my God, that was amazing. That was great. You're awesome. You made me feel so good. That's not what I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Remember this? Yeah. I said, what I want you to say is, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> I want you questioning reality. I want you mm-hmm. going to a place where you just don't know which way's up. Right. And that's where my ego comes from. Mm-hmm. I want to provide that for you. Mm-hmm. That's the pleasure I get. I mean, more than any other part of this. Mm-hmm. But it's not a choice. Right. Now, I also like, unlike a lot of our doms, I do like you being in control. So I will put you in control at times. I'll put you on the spot and tell you, you need to come up with a role play. You have five seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you have to come up with something. Or who, who do you wish you were having sex with right now? Or you get down there and I want you to do this to me. Mm-hmm. Even I'll even let it go and say, I want you to just use my cock to do whatever you please, right? I mean, that, I'm still in control of that. But I do like sitting back and also, uh, you know, like I'm not part submissive by any stretch. Mm-hmm. But I do like bottoming, not with pain or humiliation, but I do like it in you to have control. You don't particularly like to be in that position often, mm-hmm. but you can do it in doses. Well, I don't even see that as a bottoming. I see that as, like a king would sit back and have grapes put in his mouth. Like, he's receiving the grapes, but that doesn't mean that he's okay. bottoming to the servant. Okay, that is that. That is a very good way to look at it. So, you, yeah, you're right. It is that. But that's, but that is the fun for me. I also want to get exactly what I want. Mm-hmm. Like most people sexually. <laughs> I want this thing to happen right now. Mm-hmm. I like being in control of that. Right. If I want a certain physical sensation, I'm getting it from you or I'm taking it from you. Mm-hmm. And you're not objecting. Right. So I do also... Well, we've also negotiated that. We, you know, we've completely negotiated right. that. Because, well, you'll talk in a minute about, about what turns you on, but you're turned on by not having that choice, which, which I'll let you explain. Right. But I get to be a spoiled... I was going to say brat. That would get confused. I get to be a spoiled rich kid at times, mm-hmm. sexually, by being in control. I get my way. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that. The benefit to you or my partners is that getting my way just happens to be the thing that turns me on is making you go, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Or at least attempting to. Right. So you explain, what do you get out of? I get a lot of where my ego comes from is being enjoyed. I like being the source of somebody else's pleasure. So that expresses itself in like the fact that I can do some servicey things or I can pleasure you or that you get to make me squirt and I get to watch how excited you get when that happens. You know, it's being being enjoyed that's and and that comes with not having control over what happens next and i enjoy that a lot 
Do you enjoy the uncertainty mm -hmm. of not knowing what's around, around the bend? You like, do you like riding a roller coaster? Yeah, I love it. You wouldn't want to design roller coasters. No, I would get so caught up in every detail having to be a certain way. And, you know, it's, it's kind of confusing to think of submissives as people who don't control things because in a lot, I mean, we all have to do adult life. We all have to control certain aspects of our environment or family situations or whatever. So we never really get to really not be in control of anything ever except when it's negotiated this way so I get to just sit back and if you don't choose not to give me an orgasm then that's what happens right now but I know that overall what's going to happen is I'm going to enjoy it. it's going to turn out well for me okay now so far we haven't talked about why choose power exchange right Right. All those things that we just talked about can happen in a non-power exchange relationship. Mm -hmm. The guy simply is going to grab her. He's going to put her in position. He's going to tell her to think about it. He's going to choose the next toy. He's going he's to give her pleasure. He's going to tell her what to do. But that's not a power exchange, even though it has elements of it. Right. The reason to choose this is first because being aware of it helps helped me choose you as a partner mm -hmm. because I was able to identify what I'm looking for. So right off the bat, I could find, I could simply narrow my dating pool to women who are into that mm -hmm. or into that. Mm -hmm. That's easy. And it takes away the uncertainty and the anxiety of doing all these things. Mm -hmm. We've talked ahead of time. This is what we're going to do. What are you okay with? What are you not okay with? What are the boundaries? What are your hard no's? What are your maybes? Right. And then, as soon as that's negotiated, I no longer have to worry about the anxiety that you would have in traditional sex of, oh, I did that to her yesterday. Is she going to want to do it again? Mm -hmm. Or getting a bad reaction for something that she never wanted to do. You know, or, yeah, or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, she, yeah, or something she doesn't want to do, but she doesn't say anything because she's trying to please you, but then she resents you for it, even though she knows she shouldn't, but she does because she didn't say anything. And and then the anxiety of what about when you delve into new areas? You mm -hmm. know, if you're a vanilla couple and the guy wants to put a blindfold on you. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are women who will freak the fuck out if you try to blindfold them. Absolutely. I, I knew a woman or had a partner that the the uh, the thought of like if someone put their hands on her throat, mm -hmm. like she was would be in tears. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's past trauma involved in it, but you don't know if you haven't negotiated. Right. You haven't talked about what your dynamics are going to be. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a thought. I ha I have a dominant friend that once told me that finding submissive women was easy, and I I scoffed. But he told me that he would go out on dates with people and if it got to the point with where he would be able to, you know, go in for that first kiss, he would reach behind their head and pull their hair back. And if they, if they yielded to it, she was going to work. And if she didn't, then that was probably the last date they were going to go on. 
And I was like, that is such a risky way to make that determination. It's like, also how incredibly imperfect. <laughs> she may have had, she could have been the most submissive sexual woman in the world, but her older brother pulled her hair when she was little and right as punishment. <laughs> and then that triggered her. <laughs> so I was thinking, wow, okay, well, that's one way to do it, but. That's an that might be an indication, <laughs> but this is what... So, but this is what dominance and submission in the bedroom is not. It is not that. It is not just doing what you want to somebody, because maybe he had a hair-pulling fetish, and he wants only girls who are going to respond well to being having their hair pulled, but, which is great, that's fun, but... You know, there. It's not just a rough roll in the sack, it, and a, a lot of people think. But it can be. No, it's definitely a part of it, but it is not just it. that. No, it's all. So no, when it's not... a lot of times when you're looking for partners, sometimes that comes up, and they're like, "Oh, like, oh, well, I'm dominant. Okay, well, what does dominance mean to you? Well, it's a, you know, I'll slap you. Yeah, and like, <laughs> no, hold on a second. That is not what. Power exchange in the bedroom is. Power exchange in the bedroom is psychological. It is, there is zero physical to the power exchange until it gets to the point of actual, like, restraining somebody. Right. But even that was, you know, well, negotiated. But beyond that, not one single act is power exchange out of context. Right. But within context, everything can be power exchange. Mm -hmm. Having sex with your wife doggy style could be part of power exchange. If she doesn't like that position, but you've negotiated that you're in control of positions. <laughs> right. Then simply putting her on her knees becomes a form of power exchange. Mm-hmm. It's all psychological. Right. Power and that's what people don't, don't make the connection with when they think that dominance is just rough sex. Right. So, so as far as why a couple might want to explore power exchange in the bedroom, it's basically just communicating what you're probably already doing into more depth and then creating a larger playground to play within. Mm-hmm. Removing the anxiety and the uncertainty and then getting to play. Uh, by the way, I will address that there are probably some people who listen that says, well, doesn't over-talking about it take the fun out of it? Uh-huh. That's right? what I was going to say next. Yes. Right. Um, the answer is yes and no. Mm-hmm. Everything's... Well, but you're nodding. I'm glad, I'm glad you agree with me because you you're not required to. We did not negotiate that you ever must agree with me. Am I right? That's true. Uh, you can always, you're always going to voice your different opinions. I love your opinions. But what the power exchange dynamic, and it's just negotiating. This is just like any type of negotiation in the bedroom. It doesn't take away the element of creativity and surprise. It doesn't have to. Right. What you're doing is you're building a playground. And you go to the playground super center with a blank check. Mm-hmm. And you are going to fill this playground with whatever toys or playthings you want. There's there's swings, there's slides, there's merry-go-rounds, there's climbing, whatever. And you get this whole range of things to choose from. But you've negotiated that there will be no swing sets. So swing sets aren't part of it. There's going to be no this. There's going to be no that. You've already negotiated those things. I definitely want to Def- slide, though. Yeah, definitely things. So you, you, you buy a bunch of things to stick in your playground. Mm-hmm. 
you're going to buy some things that don't go in the playground, but you don't leave them at the store. You buy them and stick them in storage because they may come out eventually, but not, not today. Mm-hmm. And then you have this whole playground to play within. That does not make the playground less fun. Right. Does not mean there's not an element of surprise if you blindfold the person and put them on whatever device you want. Right. You get, you're just creating a playground that you know, one thing you do know, is that there are no devices in this playground that if you put your partner on, they're going to be angry or hurt or feel violated mm-hmm. or resent you for Right. And also does not mean that every single time we play in the playground, it has to be slide, no. sandbox, teeter-totter. And the element know? of surprise right. is you don't know what you're going to be doing on any right. given day. Right. So, yeah, no, it does not take the element of surprise out of it. It just simply means once you have this playground, you can choose any ride within it without anxiety or fear. Mm-hmm. Now, you still have to do it well. You still have to... Well, this is a whole like separate topic. Yeah, you right. still you, you can't just put them on the swing and push them so hard they fly off. Right. It, unless that's their fetish, but it's probably not. <laughs> I would say landing on your face on concrete is no one's fetish. But maybe. But maybe. But also be... <laughs> it's, it's somebody's. <laughs> you know, you still like <laughs> even getting to the edge of like, you're going so high, you're going to fall. One more push and you're going to go off. Yep. But you never do. Yeah. Well, you've negotiated, but then mm-hmm. again, more here. But you've also negotiated bef- before you enter the playground. Do you think? Do you have fun being scared? Like, if I put you in the merry ground and spin it really, really fast, mm-hmm. is that pleasurable for you, or does that just take the fun right out of it? Right. And you'll get both answers. And right. if if you know that takes the fun out of it, then you just don't push the merry go round full speed. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean the merry go round isn't fun. You take the fear element out. Right. Or the person says, oh, my God, my favorite thing is fear. And you start getting creative and going, wow, this is a teeter-totter. How could a teeter-totter be scary? Yeah. I'll bet if I did this, I could scare her on it. Yeah. Then it just becomes fun. But that's because you've negotiated fear. And that's that's what makes the difference. You've negotiated the playground. Instead of, and if, if this analogy holds true, in the vanilla world, you go on a first date and you take you're taking the girl to the metaphorical park in the bedroom of your apartment mm-hmm. and you're like I have no idea which one of these rides she's going to like which one's okay and you put her on the teeter-totter and she has fun and you just go oh thank god I'm glad you like that maybe she'll have sex with me again yeah maybe we can go back to the playground <laughs> maybe we go back to the playground again mm-hmm. but oh my god but I'm so embarrassed over the fact that I like the climbing walls I, like how do I ever bring that up to her like mm-hmm. or you know or, or maybe or, she doesn't like it but maybe I'll just do it myself and she'll maybe watch sometime. It's just, it's all part of... Right. That's the whole difference. We've negotiated this. We haven't guessed and it makes it more fun. Mm-hmm. Well, more fun for me. Does not mean that would be more fun for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so much easier. Now there are people that switch in the bedroom and yeah, power. that's part of fun. Oh, absolutely. Power exchange as well. Oh my gosh! Almost any vanilla couple who do, who do not identify as primarily dominant or primarily submissive, mm-hmm. or even if they lean one way or another, can absolutely <clears throat> switch it up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tie you up tonight. Mm-hmm. Next next Saturday, you tie me up. Well, what do I do when you're tied up? 
well, I'm tied up. Do whatever you want. Right. I mean, you've negotiated some hard no's. I don't like this or that. Mm -hmm. But it's like, what are you asking me for? I'm tied up. You, mm -hmm. you, I don't get to decide what you do to me. Ooh, that could be fun. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and you could absolutely right. in, in, enjoy that. I mean, you almost have to start that way if you don't, if you're both inexperienced in kink. Um, so that's definitely a way to explore and and get that, you know, experiences on both sides so you can figure out who you are. Well, you, you'll be surprised. I mean, being open to experimenting, mm -hmm. it, it's just in general, sexually, is so healthy and so much fun. I mean, if you go into things going, oh my God, gross. Oh God, yuck. Oh God, that's weird. Like, you're shutting yourself down. It does not mean that you're going to like everything. Right. But, I mean, God, we've been in the community. How many times have you heard someone say, I never thought I would like that, and they did it to me, and I went, oh, my God, I came so hard. Right. Like, you hear that daily. Mm -hmm. Or I didn't even know I could come when that happens, but, oh, my God. Yeah, and, and or how about mm -hmm. my ex-husband used to do that to me, and it sucked. And then all of a sudden, Dave did it to me, and oh my God. Right. Like, so just a different person, and there's so many different ways to do things. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a great, I mean, books, podcasts, mm -hmm. even porn to some extent. I mean, you want to experiment with different types of kinks. I mean, especially like as a vanilla couple, anything on the, the kink kink.com network of sites mm -hmm. is very sex positive we're, we're not endorsing anybody we get we get no actually we'll put a link okay. but but it, that they're so sex positive mm -hmm. everyone that gets interviewed whoever were i think they may be out of they may have stopped shooting because of i don't know if the tube sites put them out of business but they i don't know i've i've, I've heard that that that, that yeah, may I have happened know. but either way the content's there um and by the way pay for it like, you, clips are fine, but if you pay for it, it costs a few bucks, and you just get full access to everything, high definition at your fingertips. I mean, it's worth a few bucks. But, like, the kink.com, there's all these different sites within there regarding mm -hmm. bondage and pain and electricity and groups and training and water and you name it. Mm -hmm. um, and in the community as well. If the community of people that... Find a dungeon in your area, take education classes... About just about anything nowadays. Yeah, but there's be, Zoom meetings now because of COVID, so yep. you can learn remotely. It is absolutely, and then yeah. you can take all of these things and apply your own version of power exchange because mm -hmm. with almost all the physical things you learn, it will involve someone in control. Mm -hmm. I mean, like technically, you can have a a a dominant being whipped saying hit me again <laughs> right right technically but you don't see that often it's possible but but usually right. like the person doing like the hitting or the there is somebody who's applying the sensation and someone who's receiving typically the they're topping and bottoming and right uh, especially if there's any type of bondage and restraining involved i mean that's a very like that is one type of the physical side that is like that is Pretty cut and dry. Pretty cut and dry. Power, top, power yeah. exchange. You're being tied up. Right. And so, uh, but, 
all of it applies to a, a type of power exchange. Who's going to do what? Mm-hmm. You you and your partner go out and buy something from the leather section of the sex store. All right, who's going to go first? Mm-hmm. So another facet of that is that we have to look at is the fact that when we're playing in the psychological realm, not just applying sensations to each other, things become triggering or potentially damaging even. They do. So let's start with trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's not trust... None of this works. Yeah, like if you don't trust your partner, fast forward to the next episode. You know, right. you do not want to give control to someone you don't trust. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just verbal control and you can get out and walk out of the room, the person in charge does have access to your brain. Mm-hmm. And you need to be with someone that you don't, well, that you feel safe with. Mm-hmm. But not only that, is the more you trust the person, the more you can let go into that role, right? Right. Because you can submit in a way that somebody watching would say they submitted because they just says, do whatever you want and I'll just lay here. But that doesn't mean you're mentally submitting. You might have one foot out the door the whole time. Absolutely. That's a lot submission. of the public play happens that way because it's a pickup scene. So there's no psychological, there's no deeper relationship, there's no elements of it that dive deeper than just the application of a sensation. I've gone to what was called a uh, kink tasting. And so we did like, I got put in a body bag and I had wax put on me and I had somebody put a chain body harness on me. There was no power exchange. All that was happening was trying out this different kink. and to Which see requires was... an element of trust, but it's not the same. Right. It's a, it's a level of trust because I'm allowing myself to be used or, you know, to try this thing. But would those people be somebody that I would do more with? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on the person. So that that trust also has to be fully examined before you go into deeper things. And I think that's another thing that sets it apart from vanilla experiences like you kind of almost without the psychology involved the vanilla part there might be some psychology but it's not intentional right the person might get the psychological effect of being grabbed and put where they wanted them but it's not as psychologically deliberate as when i grab you and put you where i want you i'm going to make you feel a certain way that i want you to feel mm-hmm. so yeah you have to and then when you the more you can give in, I mean, a submissive who completely lets go can completely physically submit without any physical restraints whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It can all be, whether it's the fear of punishment all the way to the desire to completely submit and not break. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to take back control. Whether or not you like the thing that's happening to you at the moment, right? It's a self-challenge. Right. But that requires some trust. But physically restrained requires another element of trust. Mm-hmm. Clearly. When the person has physical control over you. Right. You are vulnerable. Right. That's the most 
obvious form of power exchange, but it's just as risky in all the other variations. Do you think it's just as risky? Absolutely. I mean, with our with our brains being played with, it's it can hurt even more than if I end up with cuts or something that I didn't intend, you know? Or if you keel over, you know, I'm stuck in some kind of precarious position bondage-wise or something like that. That's damaging, but you can do a whole lot of damage to somebody's brain if it's not somebody that you trust. Okay. And that, a lot of that has to do with where you're going to take the person mentally. Mm-hmm. The role play or what you're trying to explore. Right. And that, to me, is part of the roller coaster. Right, because it can also be used in a very healing way to analyze past trauma and take a power away from things that hurt that person. Well, here's an example of, of where that letting go can be healing mm-hmm. that you can't get without that. There may be places where you don't want to go psychologically because they hurt. Mm-hmm. And you would not go on your own. But if you trust me to get on the ride, you'll allow me to take you to those. Mm-hmm. But even if you're restrained and on that physical ride, you can choose to fight me and not submit mentally or emotionally to that place that I'm trying to take you. So even though you're physically restrained, you're still, you still have to intentionally let go. Mm-hmm. And that requires the trust. Well, we did that just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> we were playing and you were giving me some pain and you're like, tell me when it's good. Tell me when it's good. And I wouldn't stop. And you're like, aha, <laughs> we have... We are at an impasse. <laughs> we have a little struggle of wills here. I'm telling you to tell me when to stop and you don't want to stop, so I'm going to keep amping it up until you do. Yeah. And this and this is the psychology of you were testing me. You were being a little bratty. I wasn't being bratty. You, I wanted more, but not in a bratty way. It was bratty. <laughs> but now... You are putting me in a position where I know, because I know what you want, you want me to make you tap out. Mm-hmm. Because you are testing my control, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You're testing my control, so if I yield and let you win, that is not what you want. Right. That's a lot of trust involved. However, well, let me add to that. I need to trust you, by the way. Mm -hmm. I have to trust that you are not going to be upset at me for ramping it up either. Right. Afterwards, because I may have correctly assessed the situation. Mm -hmm. But the only way I could go forward and continue to increase the pain was that I had to trust that if I was mistaken and I did not assess the situation or your intentions correctly, Mm -hmm. and that what you really wanted was for me to stop for some reason that I didn't perceive, I had to trust that you would know that my intent was I thought I was doing what was right, and I simply got it wrong because I'm a human. Right. 
that you could not hold that against me, that you could not resent me for it. Uh-huh. That's and, difficult. And you also have to know mm-hmm. that sometimes I don't know when enough is enough. And if you have to call it, I or you're uncomfortable with how far it's gone, that that's an acceptable thing, too. So yeah. the trust is definitely both ways. Well, I'm I'm never uncomfortable with how far it's gone. <laughs> well, so far. So far. <laughs> <laughs> However, I have stopped before you've told me to stop because when you've tried to push yourself, there have been times where you have lost the ability to verbalize. Mm-hmm. Stop. Mm-hmm. Or the safe word. Right. And that's only happened a couple times, but a couple times I said, I think we've hit the, the wall with you. I don't think you're, I th- or what I've said is, I believe that you do want me to stop and are unable to say it. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was right those times. Right. But again, the trust is that I would not be, you would not be upset or resentful towards me had I kept going and not realized it because my intent is there. I love you. I don't want to harm you. Mm-hmm. If I get it wrong, I'm allowed to get it wrong. I'm allowed to fail mm-hmm. and be imperfect. And that doesn't make you less dominant. Or less loving or caring. Mm-hmm. It just means that that was my Mistakes assessment. Happen. I was yeah. I was incorrect. Mm-hmm. And we do aftercare for those reasons we have conversations afterwards and talk about when I stopped at that point was that okay or could you have gone more or did I assess that properly and or I would say you know I really didn't like it when so and so or you know whatever the situation is and that way we further define the rules of the playground every time we play so it's it's just so much fun because we get to learn each other in ways that I think you just don't any other way. You just can't. I mean, if you haven't been in this world, you just don't understand. I mean, how many people have you seen that they've just got out of their second marriage? They've you know been married twice, a couple long-term, you know, a dozen random short-term partners over the years and just play one time in this space and they just go oh my god I had no idea mm-hmm. that sex could be this right and I I under, I've heard it said before that you can learn more about a person in an hour of play than you do in a year of a relationship and it's so true even with people I've played with casually I've learned about them and they learn you know they they know your body responses that sometimes even a a longer term partner doesn't pick up because you don't talk about it well i mean it it just comes down to like sex is more than i give you a massage until you're turned on and want to have sex and then you give me oral sex until i'm erect and then i give you oral sex until you orgasm and we get into three positions until i go orgasm and then maybe you orgasm again and like yeah. That's just, that's, that's like, that's like, if, if you've never been to the movies, all you've ever seen is like television commercials. And you're like, well, I know what movies are. I've, I, I've seen this 30 second advertisement for Downy Soap. <laughs> and you're like, no, you have no idea, right. like this world that's out there. And 
play extends so far beyond what's between your legs, and what's between your ears is so much more fun. So I think the, the last question is, how do you bring this up to your partner? I mean, this podcast hopefully is for all different ranges of people in and out of the community, but I think this specific podcast has intentionally or not been directed towards people who are not part of this community. Or curious about or it. Or curious about it. Mm-hmm. So the way you bring it up, it's, well, first off, you bring it up. <laughs> That's the first mm-hmm. and foremost. You, you talk about it. Mm-hmm. But just express to your partner, hey, I, I heard this thing or I read about this thing I would like to try with you. Mm-hmm. And you can start with, I want to be in charge tonight. I want you to do whatever I tell you. Mm-hmm. Now, you don't even have to talk about boundaries or safe words because you could play within a space where you already know that you're not going to cross any you're not unforgivable cross. lines. Yeah, right? you, already, you already know where those lines are, but simply mm-hmm. being in control means you're going to do what I tell you. Mm-hmm. You know, a really easy one is uh, like a, a prostitution role play. Mm-hmm. That's a real simple one. Hey, when you come in the door, there's going to be a hundred dollar bill sitting on the on the the dresser, and now you have to do what I tell you because I hired you. Mm-hmm. And and that could apply to either gender. Oh, I, I, I was going to sure. say absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's simple. It's a simple way to start. Uh, you could start with some really. God, I'm going to sound like a Cosmo article here, but when you start talking about power exchange of restraints, it could be a belt tying the wrist together behind the back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to go out and buy special nope. cuffs or anything. No. And the first cuffs you buy, it's okay to buy the little fuzzy ones. I mean, the people <laughs> in the community will, will, they laugh. We laugh when we see those. We do. <laughs> but we, we've started there. A lot you of us. You have to start somewhere. I mean, yeah. I started with freaking t-shirts, so. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, oh, I mean, it's... God, your first blindfold is probably a shirt mm-hmm. over the or eyes. Or a pair of panties. Yeah, and that's the first gag. Uh-huh. Not for me. <laughs> and uh, but <clears throat> just express honestly to your partner that you're curious about this, or that you think it would be fun and want to try it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if your partner isn't receptive to, hey, this thing I read about turned me on. I'd like to try it. You're facing an uphill battle at that point because. Right. But also don't get discouraged. Try again. Maybe that thing isn't going to work for them and you can try something else that will. Finding, an, at a minimum, you've opened the conversation and you can start talking about other things that they might be interested in. Find some common ground and and keep on trying. Yeah, and I think one of the risks that people have... Is the fear of rejection, for vanil- sure. Exactly, and yeah. the idea that you bring something up and they... Yeah, they don't give you the reaction. Mm-hmm. They think that you're weird for it. I mean, bringing something up where your partner says, "Oh my God, you're you you you, you like that?" <laughs> like, oh my God, that's that may be the last time uh, a person brings it up in a fifty-year relationship, right? Which is so so sad. But but what do you do? You know, I mean, you could say it'd be easy to say, "Well, why would you be with someone?" Who has that sexual response? But, but we would rule out twenty three point nine percent of 
married people, I don't right. know, whatever number it I'm is. I'm sure there's many, many people. I was in a relationship like that where I was a kinky person and my partner wasn't. So when I tried to bring up these things, I got shot down a lot. And it took a while before I would bring it up again, but it eventually... Some people never will. Yeah, it eventually ended our relationship because I, I have needs that I can't have fulfilled within the relationship. So what am I supposed to do? Right. So, But how do you bring it up then? I mean, if you bring something up and the person isn't interested, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a pretty a broader conversation, but it will include this. Mm-hmm. You know, you bring something up, like what would you suggest? I mean, you could say putting on porn with a certain... Thing, but then those people that reject that are maybe probably a pretty good chance they're also anti you watching porn. <laughs> For sure. I mean, if a person is more sexually repressed mm-hmm. or more vanilla, they may not be into any of that. But they may be into it if they get exposed to it. But how do you cross that line safely? Do you have any solutions? That's a tough one. It is. It's just you have to risk it. And like negotiating scenes, I think the best time to do to have these conversations is when there isn't something else going on. Like in the middle of sex is not when you should say, pull my hair, choke me, you know. But sometimes it works. It just depends on who, who you're dealing with. Right. If there's somebody who you think is maybe going to be receptive to being told what to do, then that might work. And then afterwards they would say, wow, that was really hot when you told me this. But if it's, if that didn't work well for me. I, I, so I don't know. Like, it was I, just... think, I think an approach that would be a safe approach mm-hmm. where you're not making yourself vulnerable, vulnerable by saying, I want to do this thing that your partner ultimately thinks is weird. Mm-hmm. One safe approach would be I want to try adding variety to our sex life. And therefore, I think we should try a bunch of different things, even if we think ahead of time that we're not going to like those things. The worst that happens is we try it once. Mm-hmm. And Set up an experimentalist mindset. An experimentalist mindset. Right. Where you don't have to acknowledge the thought of your wife being hogtied makes you hard like that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to express that to her. You could simply say, oh, we're, uh, next Saturday we're going to try that, that, what's it called, bondage? Bondage. We'll try that that bondage thing that I've never watched on the internet while you're at work. (laughs) And, but again, you you can do it in a safe way. And then the person goes into it with an agreement that, hey, let's agree that we're both going to have an open, I know that this seems weird, it seems weird to me too. We may not like it, but tell you what, for the sake of our sex life, let's just both keep an open mind. Mm-hmm. And agree not to pass judgment on it until afterwards. Yeah, exactly. And then you can have a discussion. And where this relates to power exchange is that a lot of these things that you'll be trying out do require, require an element of power exchange. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tie you up tonight. Right. Next Saturday, you're going to tie me up. Right. And that's where it didn't work well for me in the past because I am a submissive. When I was trying to introduce things to 
former partners, I ended up topping and it wasn't fun for me. So I I went through the whole phase of like, what am I even doing? Am I, am I dominant? I'm not dominant. I hate this. I hate being in control of this thing. But I need it somehow. How am I going to get them to go along with this? You know? I've, I have been in a relationship <laughs> where I took on a sexually submissive role because... I loved the person so much and mm-hmm. there were so many other things about them that I, that I loved and wanted to work. And me being in a submissive role led to kinky sex. And kinky sex with me not being in my own role was still better than vanilla sex. <laughs> well, yeah. So it but was... Not u- ideal. No. Ultimately, mm-hmm. I will never in a relationship now... Get that close to somebody if that part of the sex wasn't right. Mm-hmm. That person will have been ruled out earlier, and I will not have found all the other things I'd love about them because they're just not my match. Mm-hmm. It That didn't happen. Actually, I started off in a more dominant sexual role, and it evolved that way because it just that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do that again. Yeah. But that is... This is the only noise. It's a risk. You have to be aware of yourself and keep yourself in check. Because it's so easy to start slipping in roles. And then, but then, and then honest communication. I mean, no matter what, forget about the, if the kinky part doesn't work, it doesn't work. If you Mm -hmm. have a relationship where you and your partner aren't, aren't honest with each other, I can almost say for sure, maybe that's not a good match. Right. Because honesty is just important in any relationship. In any relationship. Period. Mm-hmm. So, but being safe to be honest is, it's, um, that's that's tough. It's a tough one. But I think you can ease into it by being non-committal, by experimenting, being experimental mindset. And then you might have to tiptoe around that thing that you enjoy to see what, what their gauge is. And if they seem to enjoy it, then you can take it a step further further and work, just ease your way into it safely mm-hmm. um, now of course all these are if the person is of a certain mindset in a good healthy relationship you say to your partner ah, that turns me on I'd like to try that and they go alright let's do it mm-hmm. like that's what's supposed to happen in a perfect world in a perfect world mm-hmm. no even in a even in a very healthy vanilla relationship there could be unexplored kinks that that you could dig up and be like, oh my God, we've been together six years and I had no idea that you liked that. And now it's another toy in the playground. Right. You know, so communication, experimentation. Well, and I think that applies to people who are in the community as well. I mean, you, we are constant because we are living in this space where we are looking at those things, like it, new stuff comes up all the time. So it's... It's applicable to us as well. Like, if I watched a new clip of a porn and I was like, hey. Or I saw a scene at the dungeon and I was like, ooh. Then I might have those same kind of feelings going, you know, when I saw that the other day, that was really hot. What do you think about us trying that? But I wouldn't have the apprehension and the fear because... We're in this space where the communication and the honesty exists. 
Yeah, the person you're talking to is into weirder shit than you than you are. <laughs> There's always somebody weirder. We we <laughs> we won't go into the details, but we even talked about when we're able to play in a dungeon again. It's something that you want to do mm-hmm. that I think would be fun. That we think would freak people the fuck out, <laughs> right? Yeah, we I, definitely need dungeon monitor clearance for that one. Yeah, actually, well, there's two things we talked about too. Mm. That we would, one, it would be it would just trip people out, and the other one would maybe gross them out. It, <laughs> by the way, not poop. Don't get the uh, wrong no, idea. No, 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 no. Don't get the wrong idea and then and tune out. <laughs> um, but it would it would freak them out. Yeah, and that would be. Part of the turn on to Part you. That would be fun. <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, I think that's the. I think we pretty much we covered that. So mm-hmm. why do you power exchange? It's because it creates a playground free of anxiety or fear or judgment. And everybody's needs get. Everybody's met. needs get met, and you're doing power exchange anyway. So why not? Be def- intentional about it. And define it, and then you can go so much further when you're in control of it. Uh, even to the point where when you break up and you can give yourself a label, as stupid as labels are, when you give yourself a label, it, it will help you find the next partner a lot easier because you rule out those the people ones that don't match. That don't match. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really no more than that. I mean, There's it, nothing more liberating than knowing yourself. Yeah. So I, I hope this is a good explanation as to why intentional power exchange in the bedroom we talked a little bit at the beginning about we might touch on the relationship side of this but we've talked about that a lot we'll, we'll go back to it but yeah. i think we're i guess maybe season two is more bedroom stuff <laughs> well after three episodes so far <laughs> it works until next time bye <laughs>